From the Free Presbyterian Church of Ulster we present Let the Bible Speak. It's good to have you join us today as we spend time around the Word of God, preaching Christ in all His fullness to men and women in all their need. to the LTBS broadcast. We're very thankful to you for taking the time uh, to watch the broadcast. It is our prayer that the message will be a challenge and a blessing to your heart. We're going to read the scriptures, reading from Acts chapter 12 and beginning at the first verse. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God 
for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains. And the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him. And wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. When they were past the first and the second ward, they came on to the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And we know the Lord will follow with his blessing uh, the public reading of his word. We're just going to pray together and ask for the Lord's help and the Lord's blessing upon the ministry tonight. Heavenly Father, we lift our hearts to thee, thankful for the throne of grace, mindful that you've told us to come boldly to that throne, to obtain mercy, find grace to help in time of need. We want to pray, Father, that we'll know your grace uh, for this time. We pray that we'll be conscious of your presence. We want to plead for your blessing uh, to be upon this broadcast. We want to pray that the word of God will go forth clearly and powerfully. We want to pray, Father, that you'll speak uh, to many hearts. We think of all of those that will be listening to the broadcast from uh, various locations, uh, various places even across the earth. And Father, there's our prayer that you'll speak to many hearts. Use this message even to build up your people in the faith of the gospel, to lead them on with yourself. We want to pray that this message especially will be used uh, to give to us as your people a greater and a deeper burden for the place of prayer. Lord, lead us on, we ask, at the throne of grace. We pray that you'll strengthen prayer meetings across the land and in churches all across the world. Give us a greater burden even to cry down and to, to pray down the blessing of God upon the witness of the gospel. Our earnest cry, Father, is that you'll send a mighty heaven-sent revival, that you'll pour out upon us such a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. We ask thee, Father, to hear our cries. We commit our way to thee now, praying that you'll stand with us and asking for the anointing of your Spirit to rest upon the preaching of your word in this broadcast. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
We want to focus your attention uh, for a few minutes on the words of verse 5 of the passage that we've just read together. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. The subject of our Bible study is the importance of the prayer meeting. We want to stress that important truth to all your hearts. If you think of death notices or obituaries, you often see them in the newspapers. Someone once wrote an obituary for the prayer meeting. It starts like this. Mrs. Prayer Meeting died recently at the first neglected church on Worldly Avenue. That is a serious reality. The prayer meeting is dying, even in evangelical churches. And we need to face up to and be concerned, be very concerned about that matter. This is an area in the church that we all need to focus upon. We need to strengthen our prayer meetings. They're not as strong, they're not as healthy as they could be. They're certainly not as strong or as healthy as uh, they should be. So in this message, we want to stress the importance of the prayer meeting of the church. In the passage from which we have read, you find the fourth of six prayer meetings that are recorded in the book of Acts. Let me just quickly give you the background. Uh, James was dead. He was the first martyr among the apostles, and he wasn't replaced in the apostolic band. And Herod saw that what he had done had pleased the Jews, and he was a typical politician. He was influenced by public opinion. And so he went further, and he had Peter arrested and imprisoned as well. Peter was now on death row. He was to die the very next day. It was a very serious situation. The whole witness of the church was in danger. So what the church in Jerusalem did at that time was they called or they organized a prayer meeting. It was an extra prayer meeting in addition to the regular prayer meetings of the church. And we're going to look at that extra prayer meeting, that extraordinary prayer meeting, and give some of the details of it. You'll notice, first of all, those present in the prayer meeting. At the end of verse 12, it says that many were gathered together praying. So it's clear this was a prayer meeting that was well attended. It wasn't small. It wasn't insignificant. It was a prayer meeting that was well supported by the people in the church. What a challenge uh, that is to our hearts. Remember, brethren and sisters, that these things are written for our learning. And the reality is, if we want their power, if we want to know and experience their blessing, then we must follow them in the place of prayer. We must follow them in the example that they set as far as their attendance at the prayer meeting is uh, concerned. You must make the effort to get out to the prayer meeting of the church. So I want to urge you to do that. I want to urge you to faithfully attend the prayer meeting in your church. Attend that prayer meeting because it is God's will for you. That's set out here by the example of the early church. Remember in the scriptures, we're taught by precept and example. It's God's will for you to attend the prayer meeting. This is something that will please the Lord. 
You will have the smile of heaven upon your life, upon your walk with God. And if you go to the prayer meeting of the church, remember that you'll know the blessing of God. They that wait upon the Lord uh, shall renew uh, their strength. There is two questions we want to ask and consider very quickly about those who were present at uh, this prayer meeting. Think first of all of who was there. Well, if you look at verse 13 uh, of the chapter, it speaks about a damsel came to hearken named uh, Rhoda. A damsel. In other words, a young unmarried woman. So here's a young person in the prayer meeting. We want to say to all of the young people that are listening, that's the right place uh, for you to be. It is vital for the young people to come uh, to the prayer meeting if the prayer meeting is not going to die. We need the support of all of the youth of the church, all of the youth of our congregations. Let me remind the parents of what Samuel said, I will teach you the good and the right way. He's speaking there about prayer. He's speaking in the context of prayer. So how can you teach others? How can you teach especially your children, your family, the good and the right way as far as prayer is concerned in the prayer meeting of the church? How can you do that? Well, you do it by example. By your example, you show that the prayer meeting is a meeting that really matters in the life of the church. So brethren and sisters, do all that you can. Do all that you can to encourage the young people out to the prayer meeting of the church. Don't dictate, don't pressurize, encourage them, lead them uh, by your example. Think of another question, who wasn't there at this prayer meeting? Well, if you look at the end of verse 17, it says, go show these things unto James and to the brethren. It is recorded that James wasn't prayer present at the prayer meeting. If we think of the question, does God notice when you don't come to the prayer meeting of the church? The answer is yes, he does. He records it. He recorded in his word that James wasn't present at the prayer meeting. Isn't it sad that the leaders of the church weren't there? They were at home in their beds. The sad thing is that sometimes the leaders, the office bearers, set a bad example for the congregation, for the membership of the church. I wonder, are you such an office bearer, such a leader that sets a bad example? So we have then those that were present at this prayer meeting. You'll notice as well the promise uh, for the prayer meeting. If you think of the question, how could Peter be so calm in these circumstances? It's recorded in verse 6 that he was sleeping. He was sound asleep. And he was so sound asleep that an angel had to strike him. Peter had an angel for an alarm clock. So how could Peter sleep like that? Well, he could sleep like that because he had been in prison before. And the prayers of God's people had been answered at that time for his release as well. That would, that would help to reassure him in these very extreme uh, circumstances. But most of all, Peter could sleep peacefully because he knew that he wasn't going to die at that time. Peter knew that his life wasn't over. His work for the Lord was not yet done. If you remember the promise that the Lord Jesus gave to Peter after he rose again from the dead, it's recorded for us in John chapter 21. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, 
When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. You see, the Savior promised Peter that he was going to live long. He was going to live to be an old man. Peter knew he, w- he wouldn't die the next day. He knew that beyond doubt, and no doubt summoned the church and knew that as well, because the Savior had stated those words publicly. It was well known among the Lord's people, and that is the promise that they were pleading in the prayer meeting. And brethren and sisters, we should do the same. We should plead the promises of God in the prayer meetings of the church. Think of the promises, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into the harvest. I will pour waters upon him that is thirsty, and floods upon the dry ground. He said he will give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him. So brethren and sisters, we urge you to plead these promises and others that the Lord will lay upon your heart. Because remember, God's word is true. God cannot deny himself. In answer to prayer, God will fulfill those promises. So the promise uh, for the prayer meeting. Think as well of the persistence in the prayer meeting. Can I remind you that God doesn't always answer prayer immediately? There's times we need to wait. We need to be patient. There's times we need to persistently, continually keep on asking and presenting the petition before the Lord. And that's what these believers in Jerusalem were doing. If you notice our text, verse 5, it says, But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. That indicates they didn't stop. They didn't give up. They didn't faint. They were a people that kept on uh, praying. If you were to ask the question, how long did they keep praying for? Well, the answer is for a week, for one whole week. If you look at the end of verse 3, it says, then were the days of unleavened bread. The days of unleavened bread, they lasted for eight days, just a little over a week. And those days of unleavened bread were almost up. Herod had been waiting until they were over, until they came to an end before he would execute Peter. So the church had been praying for a week. Just think of that, a week of prayer. How challenging that is. The church persisted, not just all day, but all week in the prayer meeting of the church. Remember, brethren and sisters, sometimes God tests you. He tests you to see how much you really want his blessing. And the question is, do you? Do you really want his blessing? Do you want it enough to keep praying, to keep asking, to keep coming until you get it, however long that may take? Do you have the desire that old Jacob had? I will not let thee go, except uh, thou bless me. If you notice verse 16 of the chapter, it says, but Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter here is a picture of prayer. He was at the door of the house and he was knocking. He continued knocking. He was seeking uh, to be admitted. 
and he kept knocking until the door was opened. And brethren and sisters, we need to do the same. We need to keep knocking at the door of heaven. The sad thing is that there are times we are like children. We run away before the door is opened. We stop asking. We run away from heaven's door before the answer to our prayers actually comes. So I want to urge you, be persistent. Be persistent in coming to the prayer meeting. Be persistent in presenting your requests. Don't faint. Don't faint in the place of prayer. Don't faint in your attendance at the prayer meeting. Keep pleading the promises until the answer is received. I want you to notice finally the petition in this prayer meeting. Notice the words there at the end of verse 5. Unto God uh, for him. I emphasize those two words, for him. It is clear that their petition, their request was for Peter. And there is a number of lessons that we can learn from that significant fact. We learn here that we need to pray specifically. Just think of it, they knew what they wanted. They knew what they were praying for. It was for Peter's release. And they asked God for that. They were definite. They were specific in their prayers and in their requests. How important that is, brethren and sisters. The New Testament says, ask and it shall be given you. And the lesson is, definite praying brings definite answers uh, to our prayers. So it's very important to bring specific requests uh, when you pray. It's very important to bring specific petitions, even specific people and specific names uh, before uh, the Lord. Another lesson that we learn is that we need to pray for uh, prisoners. In verse 5 it states, Peter therefore was kept in prison. Just think of Christians behind bars. Peter is an example of them. Brethren and sisters, don't forget. Don't forget about Christians in prison. When Paul was writing to the Hebrew believers, he said, remember them that are in bonds as bound with them. And one of the main ways that you're able to remember those Christians behind bars is to remember them in prayer as the church did at this time in Jerusalem. Pray for them that they'll know the Lord's grace, that they'll know the Lord's strength for those very trying days. Pray for the Lord's intervention, for their release, that they will be set free from uh, their captivity. Something else that we learn here is that we should pray for those in Satan's prison house. Peter, in this passage, is also a picture of the sinner. That's another way to study this portion, this passage of God's Word. He's a picture of those who are bound, those who are fettered by Satan and sin. Perhaps your son or your daughter, still not saved, still haven't come to Christ to be set free from their sins. Maybe your husband or your wife. If that is the case, then I want to urge you to pray for them. Pray that they will be released. Pray that they will be set free, as Peter was here at this time, as we read of it in this portion of Scripture. I want you to see as well that we also learn that we should pray for individuals. 
If you think of those words in verse 5, for him, for him, just ponder that. They were praying for Peter. So it follows that they were praying for Peter by name. His name was being repeated in that prayer meeting many times, over and over and over again. And the lesson, brethren and sisters, is that you can pray for people by name in the prayer meetings of the church. That son or that daughter, that family member, that that one that is near and dear to you, your husband, your wife, maybe your mother or your father, you can mention their name. You can plead for them by name and ask God to save them. Maybe ask God to restore them if they're in a backslidden uh, condition. Here then, brethren and sisters, are some of the vital details of this New Testament uh, prayer meeting. Those present, the promise for the prayer meeting that they pleaded, their persistence in prayer, persistence in the prayer meeting of the church, and then the very specific petition uh, that they offered. These details stress the importance of the prayer meeting of the church. It is our prayer that the Lord will impress that great truth upon all your hearts today. Let me just say to you in closing, Jonathan Edwards' great sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, that was used of God in the winning of many souls. It was used of God in the bringing of revival to New England at that time. We would do well to ask ourselves the question, why was that? Why was that one sermon so mightily used of God? Well, one reason is because there were Christians who held a prayer meeting. And they held the prayer meeting the previous night before Jonathan Edwards preached that sermon. And they prayed right through the night, pleading with God to use the preacher, to use his message and to speak mightily and powerfully through that message. That's a clear example, brethren and sisters, of the importance of the prayer meeting of the church. It's a great example of the power of the prayer meeting of uh, the church. And I pray that that message, that lesson, will come with great power, great clarity uh, to your hearts. Prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God uh, for him. May that be true of you, and may it be true of your church in the days that lie ahead. May God bless his word. May be pleased to speak to many hearts through it. Let's just bow together in prayer, please. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for all that you've revealed to us in the scriptures. You've told us that your word will not return unto the void. Forgive us, Father, for those times when we fainted in the place of prayer. Give us a greater burden to seek thee, a greater burden for the prayer meetings of the church. We ask thee to remember the prayer meeting of the church. We pray that you'll visit them. We pray that you'll pour out upon your people the spirit of prayer and supplication. Our earnest cry, Father, is that you'll lead us forward upon our knees. Give to us that burden to call upon God and to continue to persist in prayer until we pray down a mighty heaven-sent revival. Lord, hear these our cries, and we ask you to speak on and apply your word now by your spirit. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you for spending some time with us today around the Word of God. For further information, visit our website at ltbs.tv. We look forward to joining with you next time as we seek to let the Bible speak once again.